Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sidewalks, parking lots, glare, ice. You'll have to do the penguin shuffle, or as we call it, the judge shuffle. The judge shuffle? The judge shuffle. Where Judd's stomach is percolating and he's trying to make it into the house. That, that sort it's of a January shuffle. and icy hurry, breaking hurry, news in Minnesota. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Go Vikings, right, Kenny? Uh, Judd, we've got three opening bell categories. Do you want to start with the good, the bad, or the ugly from last night? Uh, let's start with the ugly. Okay. Okay. With the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? To drive there. Brodeen has gotten the game tied here right at the midpoint of the contest, and it's one-to-one. Koivu has a man breaking, got it on to Suter. Score! Ryan Suter, a four-on-four goal, and the power play for the Wild is still ahead. Uh, I say ugly because it was a two-to-one win. They had to come from behind. They mm-hmm. were outshot and outskated a lot of the night, but it's a win uh, over the Blackhawks. Okay, so uh, first, a uh, confirmation that, that our buddy Suits streams the show clearly because he heard my rant and decided to do something last night. Good for you. Last night, if you watched that hockey game, Phil Mackey said, said this yesterday, and I've been saying this for probably two years, this is an extremely hard team to like, and you find yourself at times rooting against them. Last night was the poster child. In, yes, a 2-1 to win, last night was the prime example of why this team is so hard to like. You come out in Chicago against a division foe, your big rival, right? The Blackhawks, we've known for a long time. You want to beat the Blackhawks. You come out in the first period of that game. You've lost four consecutive on the road, including a complete dog of an effort on Saturday in Colorado where you got beat by five goals. And what do you do? If you watch that game, you saw the Wild get outshot 14 to 5. You saw Chicago have 41 shot attempts to 11 for the uh, Wild. You saw Chicago have the puck almost the entire period. It was a complete embarrassment to the point where your head coach in a January game had to go in the locker room after the first period and rant and rave and yell and scream at, at his team to get their attention, to tell them to go and play a halfway decent, non-embarrassing game against a division foe. It took that much work for this group of players against a division rival when you are battling them and several other teams for a playoff spot to get them on track. Your angst is hilarious. That is why this is an unlikable team. Why can't you give me that for three periods last night? Why, If you watch that first period, they never had the puck. I don't think... Drives me crazy. Okay, you you have been a diehard hockey fan your whole life. 
I don't think you understand how hockey works still, and you're almost 50 years old. You like to say this, and it's how, not true. How many teams in the NHL give you, especially against really good competition? I know the Blackhawks aren't quite Blackhawks as good as they were. The Blackhawks aren't that good. But the Blackhawks are still the Blackhawks a very formidable good. organization. The Blackhawks are a nice and organization you, it's like that's you expect, not that good a team. You expect the Wild, and I don't even like the Wild this season. I think that I'd rather, I'd rather them just kind of go away and hit the reset button. But how do you expect on a nightly basis yep. a mediocre team I don't expect with subpar nightly. talent I don't expect, to outskate I don't someone for nightly. three periods? I they won the damn game. I expected against the Blackhawks on, on when you've lost four consecutive road games and you're playing a key game for playoff positioning and you know that you're not playing well, I expect you to go out and look halfway decent. Your head coach called your uh, first period performance embarrassing. Okay, I'm not talking about sort of a bad period. I'm talking about a period where you admitted, Suter admitted, we essentially did not show up. That's a problem. That's why this team is unlikable as a group. Because until they either get yelled at or they get down by two goals, they don't respond. This is why I named them, and they lived up to it again last night, the Furious Rallies. Because they've got, (laughs) someone's got to put a boot in their butt for them to actually get going. Oh, man. I understand hockey perfectly, and that first period last night, Boudreaux was right, was embarrassing. That's why this is an unlikable group. Play 60 minutes against the Blackhawks. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I agree with most of your opinions this season on the Wild, but last night, dude, play they 60, beat the Blackhawks, man. Play, you embarrassed, they beat the you embarrassed yourself in the first period. Okay, but, but the second and third period, they didn't, you know, and, But the I Blackhawks mean, aren't that good. Okay, they still the, have, the Blackhawks are have not that Patrick good. Patrick Kane played twenty six minutes last night. I and they still have. I understand Jonathan that. Taves. I understand that, but you could have come out and you could have actually played. Did, did Duncan Keith die? Like Duncan, they still have. They still have a roster. Duncan Keith has. What did Brandon Scott get hit by a car? Like, Duncan Keith has regressed to a point where I am amazed. Uh, Seabrook, the defenseman who scored their first goal last night, got uh, got was a healthy scratch for the first time in his career. On Tuesday night, the Blackhawks have regressed in a big way. This is not the Blackhawks team that we were talking about two or three years back. Not even close. That, that is my rant about your wild. All right. That was the ugly from last night. Judge, Judge cholesterol shooting through the roof. Dave's just been right. shaking his head over there, it's my too. My blood pressure. This guy. My blood pressure with this, this guy team. over here. Boot, you're, you're, and I, I are not happy. I understand why you can be critical of him sometimes. I, I totally get it. But your hatred for Ryan Suter is so over the top, it's beautiful. It's not You say the guy finally did something. A day after complaining, he was on the ice too long trying to do Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. It's not hatred. I have great respect. (laughs) I have great respect for him. What I would like him to do. Why do you rip him at every turn? What I would like him. It doesn't come across that way on this radio show. What I would (laughs) like him to do is put the locker room lawyer hat down and just play the game on a consistent basis. He can be a fantastic talent when he wants to be. I under and I like I said. So it's not hatred. Hatred's way too strong. I get. I totally Mm -hmm. understand why that drives you nuts. Mm But for one moment, you can't say, hey, he was part of a defense that held the Hawks to one goal. He scored the game winner on a one hell of a shot. Sports Center top 10 this morning. Devin, hey, 
nice game. Devin, nice game. Devin Dubnik saved their bacon in the first period, and they played inexcusably yeah, poor. Funny how you didn't mention that till I uh, had to continue the talk. Okay, Devin Dubnik, congratulations last night. You were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, way to bury the lead, Mark Coyle. You were absolutely fantastic. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got an opening statement. I can't comment I, on I, Devin I can comment. I can give you as much information on you want, and that horse bleep first period is where we're starting I, out. I can't get on you too much because I've started many a show after a Wolves win with a Wiggins rant, so I can't get on you too much. That was the ugly from last night. Let's get to the good. Ding, ding. Timberwolves forced the turnover. Teague in transition feeds Wiggins, and Jimmy Butler follows the play for the stuff. Guess uh, we're, we're, I don't know, growing a little bit. That's a, that's a tough team to beat, you know, the, the type of guys that they have with the amount of talent that they have. Um, they do a lot of things extremely well. But for us to go out there and guard the way that we did, um, do what we talked about in, in shoot-around and, um, the day before in practice, it's huge for us. Uh, we're growing as a unit. Uh, I like the way they're You know what? So they, they just destroyed another formidable team last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've now, for the first time since 2003 or four. They've won three straight games by at least 15 points. They've won 10 of their last 13, and they've held eight straight opponents under 100 points. In an era where it's not like the mid-90s where everyone's averaging like 89 points a game. and I mean, teams are averaging 105, 110 points per game, and they have now held. It's the, it, it took a year and a half, but Tom Thibodeau's defensive principles are seeping into the brains of some of these other players besides Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler. And, I, and and you and I have talked a lot about Jimmy Butler's influence on this team this year, but I would compare him to he he's a pace setter in a marathon that they've never had before. Where you're all right, you got to get from uh, you're a marathon runner, you got to shave 20 seconds off your time uh, per mile, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't run pretty clearly based on that bad analogy. Jim, <laughs> it's like Jimmy Butler is running at a faster pace yes. than these wolves are used to. Yes. And so for a while early in the season, he was like, I'll jog with you guys. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. All yep. right, let's let's do some jogging together. And then, you know, the the second act was, let's say, the, the second, third month of the season. All right, you guys don't run fast enough. I'm going to run at the pace that I'm used to running, mm-hmm. and uh, good luck. And he's like, you know, a half mile out in front. Mm-hmm. But in order for the team to, to play together, you guys got to catch up to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like the other runners are catching up to Jimmy Butler finally. Carl Anthony Towns... His defensive rating is among the best in the NBA. If you want to go advanced defensive numbers, the last two or three weeks or so, um, Andrew Wiggins is uh, is much more active in other ca- categories other than mid range jump shots. Yep. So it's it's amazing to see the transformation in the last month. I mean, offensively they've been pretty good all season, but especially defensively, to be able to to make teams like the Cavs and the Thunder look helpless at times throughout these games. It's been fun to watch. Was this always there defensively for Towns and, and he's just applying it now? Oh, or, for sure. Or is he or is he developing this much as as we go as a result put, put, of the influence of Butler? Put put it this way. Carl Anthony Towns is a seven footer who shoots forty percent from three point range, can do anything he wants in the paint. He can pass. He can run with guards. Athletically and physically, there are no limitations for Carl Anthony Towns. He can play defense. If you're, I mean, when you watched Kevin Love here and he couldn't jump over a phone book and he was playing below the rim and he, Kevin Love has squeezed every bit out of his athletic, you know, potential. Um, But he couldn't, like, he wasn't going to keep up defensively with certain players. He wasn't going to guard 
super athletic seven-footers who were going to run around. Like He just wasn't going to keep and up. And Cat can do that. And watch Kevin Love try to keep up with Carl Anthony Towns now yeah. when they played uh, the other night. So, yes, it's been there, and and I and, and there is something to just the complicated nature of Tom Thibodeau's defense. A lot of people say that. Uh, we're actually going to be at Target Center tomorrow discussing a lot of this stuff. I mean, Jamal Crawford's going to join the show. But this team has turned a major corner in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're also, I, I wouldn't get too excited comparing them to like the Cavs and maybe even if they beat the Warriors. Because those are teams that are going to conserve a little bit in the regular season for the postseason. This team ain't there yet. They're throttled down in the regular season. Which is fine. Yeah, it's the first time this team has really started to look like Tom Thibodeau's Bulls teams. Mm-hmm. And this team has more top-end talent. They've got Jimmy Butler, but Carl Anthony Towns is a much better secondary piece than anything Tom Thibodeau had with those Chicago Bulls teams. So that was uh, that was the good from last night. Mm-hmm. Now the bad. Ding, ding. And it's six straight three attempts, and this one goes down. Here's Lindsey. He'll try a three. He got it. Trying to back his way in and gets the roll and draws the foul. Uh, one of the Northwestern guards went for 16 assists, a school record. Yeah, McIntosh. And zero turnovers I know. last night. And it's done. It's over. It's yeah. unbelievable. Now, now I saw a tweet l- last night. Is this accurate that uh, Gopher players were actually uh, starting to uh, to melt down on each other during the course of the game in, in the opening half? There I, was a lot of frustration. All right. Yeah. And I, put it this way. If you're wondering whether the Gophers were going to come out swinging, all right, you know what? Our backs are against the wall. No Reggie Lynch. Uh, Amir Coffey, the news that's kind of percolating behind the scenes is not good regarding his timetable. There's a pretty good chance... I'll just say there's a there's a fairly significant chance he doesn't play the rest of the year. Amir Coffey. But when Mason and Murphy have zero made shots in the first half, yeah. and when Jordan Murphy, who's on the verge of setting a record for consecutive double-doubles to start the season, yeah. has two rebounds with like three minutes to go in the game, what are you guys doing? It felt uh, like the checked, entire team was just, checked out. just done. Like they you're know what's out. done. done. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And this is... The, the optimism that I had for this program at the start of the, the year, which was really, really high, I, I think I said, man, I can see a sweet 16 run, and this is going to be great. And, I, and I've and i always said this, and if Gopher basketball is good, it's fantastic. The barn is fantastic. It's so much fun. This has been a remarkable swing. Like, this isn't um, this isn't a stretch of sort of bad play, and you're like, oh, it might not, not be as, as good as we thought, and then they really slump. This is uh, Lynch suspended now. Coffee out. They have gone off a cliff. Yeah, it's it. I've gone from two months ago, clearing my entire evening to watch a Gopher basketball game because elite eight possibilities and could this team, if they can get a couple guys off the bench, you know, to take a step forward, could they yeah. make a big run in the NCAA? The Miami. I game. don't know if they make the NIT now. They have thirteen wins, I believe. You're gonna have to get to like eighteen, nineteen. It's a, this is a... I don't know. It's a look, sad statement, though. Let's come back. Let's talk about what this means for Richard Pitino going forward. Chip Scoggins is going to join us from the Star Tribune. He writes columns. You can find him uh, in the newspaper or startribune.com. Lou Nanny will join the show at the top of the hour. All kinds more Vikings discussion as we continue our Vikings voyage for vindication. You can still buy shirts this morning, by the way. They're still available. All proceeds to win. benefiting the American Cancer Society. Let me check the uh, the timestamp on this. All right. It's teespring, teespring.com slash 1500ESPN, and you have 12 more hours okay. of this T-shirt campaign. So until, uh, I don't know, 9 or 10 o'clock tonight, you can get our Voyage for Vindication purple and gold T-shirts, 
teespring.com slash voyage if you want to dive in. We'll get Chip in here next, talk Vikings, State of the Gopher Athletic Department, and uh, the Gopher Basketball Program. It's Mackie and Judd. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Bring it on! This is 1500 ESPN. Drive there. Score! Tipped on run and blast by Brodeen. Jonas Brodeen has gotten the game tied here right at the midpoint of the contest, and it's one-to-one. Judd's vicious, wild attacks, Chip, have continued it's, against me during the commercial break. I, I wish everybody could see this argument between about puck, puck possession. My I mean, partner's <laughs> arguing puck possession. He didn't watch a minute of the game. You guys are I don't, arguing I, about puck possession. Here's the thing. All right, let, let me read a couple Let me read a couple emails. We'll get into Gophers and Vikings yep. here. Bill emails in, Judd's wild rant. Judd's like a caller to, to Packers vent line. In fact, there was one particular call after the Packers lost at home to the Saints, where a call complained that the Packers lost to an inferior team. That's Judd. He's got beer goggles on for the Wild. They just aren't that good. That's why they were dominated by the more talented Blackhawks. The Blackhawks aren't that much more talented. But they're more talented. <laughs> they have Patrick uh, Bleeping Kane on their team. They, Judd, come on. They dude. still they still aren't. The Chicago, if you're contending that the Chicago Blackhawks are flat out better, the Chicago Blackhawks well, they are. a week ago were at the bottom of the division. They were at the bottom. They they are not the Blackhawks. People are people who don't watch the games are defaulting to Chicago's been good for a long time, so they're still good. This was a game in the first period. Minnesota never possessed the puck. There's a difference between puck possession differential and never possessing the puck. Here's a here's a couple more uh, tweet here. Twitter follower. Judd's wild rants are so tired. If you don't like the team, do us all a favor and stop going to the games. Well, then Boots and I both have to stop going because <laughs> I think we both like this team about as I'm, much. I'm to the point where I would rather you guys not talk about the wild at all <laughs> than to keep hearing Judd rant about the team. Wild, here's another one. Wild dominate St. Louis last year in the playoffs but lose. Judd complains and insists the better team won. Wild don't dominate lately, but steal some points and wins, and mm-hmm. Judd complains. Common theme, Judd is complaining. <laughs> all I can, all Another I guy can, says Judd is a I, meathead. <laughs> all I can say is this. The only two people who seem to get this team are Boods and I. Okay? Here, here, the head coach and I seem to be the only two who, who completely comprehend what's going on here. Here is a reality, okay? So, puck possession. I'm going to explain hockey Not to you again. right now. No, 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 no. Don't don't start on your analytics puck possession. No, this matters. Dave, do I get the floor for 30 seconds to explain this? Okay, if you se- want silence from Judd for 30 seconds, I will keep track. 30 seconds, okay? And this is and no, I did not watch the game last night because the Timberwolves are the show in town right now and they were on national TV. You've already used 5 seconds. Okay. <laughs> 5 on 5, puck possession. Wild 30th in the NHL. Blackhawks second in the NHL. That is why the Blackhawks possessed the puck longer than the Wild in last night's game. So explain. I will now leave the studio. Ex- My point so ex- has been so made. So explain to me in the final two periods. Then once the Wild gets their asses chewed, why they then can come out and possess the puck quite a bit for the final two periods? Because it's not going to be the same thing for sixty straight minutes or two and a half hours of real time. All right, you go with there your numbers. You go with your numbers. I'll go with how so, the game but, is. But again, if if going into the game, if I said, all right. Five-on-five numbers, the Wild are last in the NHL in puck possession, and the Blackhawks are second in the NHL. Who's more likely to possess the puck longer in this game? You'd say the Blackhawks, and that's what happened. But the Wild stole the win, and they actually deserve credit for that. Except for the last two periods of that game, the Wild possessed the puck quite a bit because Chicago's really not that good, and in the first period, they never possessed it, which was inexcusable. Yeah, My point has been made. (laughs) 
I know, but your point is your point is not based on, on the Bump flow spike, of the baby. game last night. Again, Childress, this week I schooled you on that, <laughs> and now this. this when are you when are you finally going to say, Judd, your knowledge and experience in this business is such that I I really should just we should put a poll. We should put a poll up for people who just heard the last ten minutes. Who won the argument? We should put this poll. All right, let's because we're not good. We're going to yeah. agree to disagree. All right, and the Wild, who cares? They're going to be a French playoff team. Um, wow. Chip, do you want to talk about the, the, bears, <laughs> the bears of the boat? The bears of the boat, Chip. <laughs> the boat. All right. What's Thinking about you, you said McKinney's tweet the other day. He's Brian coming McKinney? to town. Yeah, he's coming. And he, and he said uh, it's too cold for a boat. <laughs> I, I want him on the show so bad. I I would I would love to find a way uh, to get Brian on the show to talk about the old days. Yeah, that would, would be great. Would that be? It'd be pretty fun. Yeah. So, all right, let's start with the the Gopher basketball mm, team. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's like have you in the middle of a season? Not there's been some teams like Judd and I were talking about the 2010 Vikings or 2011 Twins where. Before the year, you had expectations, and they come out, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah. But this team started hot, and then for all of these reasons, Reggie Lynch and injuries and coffee, yeah, it's over. Yeah, within 48 hours. And I think that's what's made it so kind of uh, sobering for people is, like, it was just a snap of the finger. You have the Reggie Lynch situation, and then coffee, yeah. you know, you, you find out that Saturday morning that he has, I don't even know, is it serious? Shoulder injury. It's still he might not play the rest of the yeah, game. Yeah, it's that's it's, what I'm hearing. Well, mm. and then Patino after the after the game said I wouldn't expect him to be back anytime soon, which yeah. leads you to believe it's you know going to be an extended absence. So um, I saw the second half. I got home after a high school game last night and saw the second half, and it was just I guess they showed a little bit of fight. They said in the second half compared to the first, but it looked like a defeated team emotionally body language and then they had a couple technicals which was a bad look and mason's frustrated and john mason looked just, really frustrated too yeah potato's got his work cut out for him just to get this team back on level ground i don't know how many more games are going to win i would say not many because let's be honest he's being forced to play guys that are not big 10 players they're just not and you're not going to win games that way and so you know, maybe they can get a few more wins if they can figure out how to, you know, regroup and and um, get the most. Mason and Murphy have to play absolutely lights out every game for them to have a chance to win. And even then, I'm I'm not sure who starts enough. though. Like I mean, because I I said I said um, when Lynch got suspended that you could have Jordan start at center and go yeah, small, but, but that's but in the Big Ten that's he's gonna not get gonna, eaten alive. That's not going to work for an extended period. No, he's going to get eaten alive. I mean, you play Purdue on Saturday and, and they're what, fifth. Yeah. Well, and look at Purdue's so, size. I mean, you're going to ask Murphy to guard some yeah. of those guys. I mean, it's just no, it's not, not. No, Bakari's tall. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poor Bakari. Gas, Gaston's tall. Poor Gaston. Just not working. It's, it's, um, it's not working for you, kids. It, okay. and it, and it, that's the thing. It's like, you know, even when they're healthy and everybody's there and not suspended, they had no bench, right? They basically mm-hmm. have five players. I'm going to I'm gonna say this. And now for, you're taking two away. You you really have nothing. Yes. Um, they they might only have three like Big Ten caliber players in the mm-hmm. rotation right now with the injuries and st- yeah. with Reggie Lynch out. I'm going to say this without I'm going to say it without naming specific names. There are players, and you all can watch the games and figure it out, who look like they've never played basketball before when they walk out onto the court. Yeah, that's how bad the the depth is. Um, I I think if I had to take a guess, this is just an educated guess. I think Patino leaves, if if not after this year, maybe in another year from now. And there's going to be a lot of people who say, oh, well, good riddance, right? He is a good coach. He's a good recruiter. He's kind of stuck now because all the momentum that you built 
with the five seed last year and uh, the big run in the Big Ten tournament, that's all wiped away. And you lose one of the best defensive players in the country, Reggie Lynch, and one of the best point guards in the country, Nate Mason. Yeah. So you do have some young talent coming in, but I, I think he might look around and say, you know what, even if it's a lateral move to like the ACC or the SEC, I'm sick of this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. As bad as this is, you have to remember that they are you know, now practicing in a incredibly nice, state-of-the-art, brand-new practice facility, which they've waited so long to get. And he has a really good recruiting class coming in. When you talk about the three Minnesota kids he has coming in, um, I don't know where they're ranked nationally, but I think it's the top whatever class, 15, 20. Um, and so as bad as this feels right now, you, you also have to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture and say, you know, there helps on the way. They're going to have three guys that you, that you can count on. Um, you know, Coffee's going to be back. You, you'd hope Murphy's going to be back. Um, this facility's good. And so his contract is good. I mean, this is, it's a good conference. And so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's easy to say that when you're kind of in the heat of the moment and it's, it feels like literally the, the roof is caving in on your program. But I think if you step back and you can see, you know, just kind of, the good that's on the horizon. Um, I, I'm not so sure he'll be so eager to get. Yeah. Why do you think, uh, Chipper, that uh, that Mark Coyle and the school handled that press conference so poorly well, on Friday? Because because there was an opportunity. I mean this this situation is awful, and I completely get that. Yeah. And and it certainly was caused by the player himself. But that being said. I don't understand why a place that is athletic department that seems to be constantly in crisis doesn't get ha- how to handle crisis. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it. I think they get so, and, and probably rightfully so, but I think they get so um, worried about the privacy and what they can say and what they can't say, the privacy rules, that they wind up really doing nothing. And that's why, I, you know, I, and I told some people there, I would like to see Cole step up there and say, you know, good morning, thanks for being here. Uh, earlier this morning, I met with Richard Patino and Reggie Lynch. I informed Lynch that he's been suspended, um, pinning this this EOA uh, investigation is something we take serious. Uh, there's not a lot I can talk about per university rules of privacy, um, but this is something you know. This is a serious uh, issue that we're dealing with, and instead of just standing up there and having this awkward silence, and we didn't even know Reggie was suspended until like six questions in. Yeah, and um, so I, you know, I I do think just. They're so, I don't know if paranoid is the right word, but just consumed with, okay, what can I say? What can I not say? What, am I going to get in trouble here? Am I, you know, uh, are we going to get sued if I say this? Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're getting swallowed up by, they're getting swallowed up by, by the rule book, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I think they should have a mastery of the rule book. And then on top of that, be able to also lead and, and, and direct traffic yeah. and calm people, right? Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. And it's like, Instead, you know, they get in and say, well, I know you're frustrated. We can't say anything, but we have this website and you can go read it. And it's like, I'm not sure that's... Don't direct the, us to the damn but, website. Yeah. yeah. But an opening statement, I mean, there, there's there's first-year PR students who could tell you that. Yeah. Like, this is not... I, I understand if a reporter says, what did Lynch do exactly? Yeah. Or I understand you can't talk about that. And, yeah. you, and you certainly can't give a, a, a play-by-play of what transpired. I completely get that. But to not understand that you can get up there and say, here, as you just said, Chip, here's what we can tell you. That's what I don't get. It's, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not trying to get into the into the finer points of why didn't you say X, Y, or Z. I just want an overall or or what I don't get 
is why you didn't just tell us Lynch is suspended. There's a lot I can't tell you. But what we can say is we take cases like this incredibly seriously and and we'll proceed from there. Yeah. I mean, that's it, all I want. Yeah. It, it seems like that doesn't seem shouldn't be that hard to figure out. But um, yeah. And it's, you know, they've kind of been under the, uh, you know, the spotlight here for for not suspending Reggie when they when they uh, found out there's an investigation and i that that one to me is it's tough and i i really don't know what the right answer is because if you suspend him what if it comes back later that the EOA comes back and said there's nothing here yeah, i mean people, there's literally nothing here there's i mean we we couldn't find anything correct then you suspended the guy and 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 kind of convicted him already in that process but i also understand that hey i mean this was a second uh sexual assault allegation against him and you know by the rules, you 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 can allow them to to uh, practice and continue to play, but I think you do open yourself up to that criticism. Well, I think yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I think people are people are going overboard with criticizing Mark Hoyle and Richard Pitino for not suspending him when there is an investigation going on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a criminal investigation, mm-hmm. so and and that's an important distinction. Not to say that well, he didn't do he clearly didn't do anything wrong. He may have committed a criminal act. I'm not saying that he didn't, yeah. but but in in terms of setting a precedent. If an EOAA investigation can be triggered by any student filing a complaint, correct? Then do you set the precedent that, well, if I file a complaint, then that guy has to sit out for like three months while the and then literally anyone can correct. can get a player suspended by just filing a complaint. There's got to be some due process. There, there has to be, yeah. yes. yes. And that's why that's you know I know there's that kind of rush of judgment. We want to you know pound our fist, do something right now, but right. it's like they deserve due process. No matter what we think, you have to allow the, vesti- the investigation to to go and see what comes of it before you, uh, you know, issue a punishment. Yeah. Do you want to come back and argue more about uh, puck possession <laughs> puck or puck Vikings possession football? for four hours? <laughs> Corsi, let's talk Corsi. Uh, the, the, er, the early results on the poll, uh, who won the argument, the hockey argument between Phil and Judd that started the beginning of the show? Uh, 75% say we all lost. <laughs> they might be right. I can't really disagree Eight, with them. Eight percent say draw. Thirteen percent say Phil. Only four percent say Judd right now. But it's early. Some of the precincts I like it this way. have not been reported. <laughs> I yet. always like it this way. Let's talk some Vikings and Saints NFC Championship game a rematch from eight years ago uh, and get Chip's thoughts on it. But first, Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of Six Ninety Four and Brooklyn Boulevard, and they have a plethora of brand new 2018 models. For you to test drive, get into, I would recommend the four-wheel drive SUV uh, of choice by millions of people in this country, the RAV4. Especially on a day like today, you're driving around, the roads are kind of slick, there's black ice. Uh, maybe you're at an incline and the tires are spinning if you don't have four-wheel drive. Well, get, you can get all the bells and whistles, great safety features, four-wheel drive, spaciousness, and handling that's more like a Camry or a Corolla. But it's an SUV. It's the RAV4, and it's one of the most popular, durable SUVs in the world. I prefer the lease options myself. Uh, I've been leasing for about seven years, mostly Camrys and Corollas. I've also had a stint with a RAV4. So check it out. Go get a test drive. Stop into that showroom and say hi to my friends, Paula and Tony and Badu, and have them show you around. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota. Phil Mackey. Troubled. Sensitive, artistic. Judd Zolgad. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I always root for guys like that, you know? Um, kind of the the undersized guy, you know, coming out that, uh, you know, nobody wants to give him any credit. 
and you know just always plays with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, Casey's done a phenomenal job, phenomenal job. Um, been really happy for him, just you know knowing him a little bit and knowing the road that he's traveled to get to where he is. At the end of the day, it still comes down to football, the things we've done during the season offensively with the quarterback taking care of the ball, throwing it to the right spot, getting us in the right checks, so on and so forth, um, are more important probably than playoff experience. All right, Chip, what do you think? Who? Let's just start. Let's yeah. roll with a bang here. Who wins this game? Vikings. Okay. Yeah, I just think uh, being at home but with that defense, um, I, I just give him the edge. I, it's going to be fascinating to see Zimmer kind of the chess match with Breeze and you know how they match up there. But um, I just like the Vikings. I like the confidence. I like the way they play at home and uh, the way that defense is playing. I just I, I think they win by. I'd say I'm saying two or three. I would so. say four to six, maybe. Okay. Four to six points. Uh, would you feel more comfortable if the game rested on the leg of Kai Forbath or the arm of Case Keenum? Case Keenum. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, to me, he's a wild card, and, and yeah, uh, you know, there's no playoff experience, but um, I don't think, in just being around him and kind of watching him, I don't think he's going to be rattled by the stage or first, you know, first playoff jitters. He kind of has that yeah. kind of, I hate the word swagger, but I'm going to use it, kind of have that, you know, go for broke mentality. Now, you could say, well, that might get him in trouble where he's going to try something and, and you know, throw a bad pick or get outside of, you know, as, as what does Zimmer always say? He sometimes he goes off the reservation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. but, um, or what do you say? He's excitable. He used it yeah. again. I know it's your favorite word, Judd. He's excitable. But, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think the stage will be too big for him at all. And so, um, uh, maybe it's just the, the bias of being around the team and, and, and seeing his kind of demeanor, but then also, just when you're around those defensive guys, they just kind of have this confidence and aura about them that That's the we're stopping anyone. That's it, it the thing. Matter, to me. That's you know? the thing. They they are they are now now what we're going to see. I think and and this defense isn't necessarily used to this. We are going to see Breeze complete passes that most people cannot. Correct. Like there's going to be there's going to be times that the Vikings uh, coverage is probably almost perfect, and he still completes passes. But that being said, there are enough um, key pieces to that defense where where the system itself is really good. But mm-hmm. then you say, okay, you you go in with a healthy Griff and a healthy Joseph Barr, Kendricks, Rhodes, Smith, and when you're that good, there's a swagger there yeah. that's not going to d- disappear if Breeze leads a touchdown drive. Yeah, I don't think they'll, um, you know, because the Saints may score some points, but I don't think they'll get rattled by that and. To me, I think those units might cancel each other out. I look at the other side, and I'm still, even though the Saints have been better, and they were better than what we saw the first uh, week, and they've created a lot of turnovers. But, like, I watched that game last week, and it just doesn't look like a great unit to me. I mean, I think the Vikings can move the ball on them and score some points. And so, to me, that's where the advantage comes more than anything. I mean, their defense is great, and um, and that's going to be a fun matchup. But I just don't. I just don't think that's a great Saints defense. I'm also uh, I'm also kind of amused by the outrage at the end of the season. Outrage might be a strong word, but the the panic and the angst over the Vikings offense not looking explosive against yeah. Green Bay and Chicago. All right, let's 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 put it into context. That Green Bay game, people's snot was freezing to their yeah. face during that game. Bad turf, and yeah. and you knew that Brett Hundley in those conditions probably wasn't going to put up 
more than about ten points, anyways. Mm-hmm. So let's you know, don't go crazy. Just just run a ball control offense. Yeah, Case Keenum missed on some deep balls, but those conditions are are different. Receivers aren't getting off the line as quickly. It's it's different. I'm going to give them a pass on that. The game was never in question. Mm-hmm. The Chicago game, when you go in and you're game planning, Mitch Trubisky inside U.S. Bank Stadium. Sorry, he's not going to score. Yeah. So why take chances offensively? Why throw the ball 40 times, right? It was they ran the ball 70 times combined in those games just to try and make sure, all right, these teams aren't going to score more than about nine points. Let's just uh, get out of here with a 20 to nine win of some kind. Well, it felt like a do enough type win, right? Just do enough. Correct. The defense is not going to give up any. Another thing, let's be, you know. Be fair too. Chicago has a pretty good defense. They do. I think they're like top, a top ten. 10. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not like you were playing. You know, we think the Bears like ah oh, they're awful. It's like well their defense actually has some pretty good players. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Steelers. Yeah. They held the the Saints in check offensively. Yeah. So it, it also just felt like once they got enough points, it was like all right, let's ball control, let's run the ball, let's just kind of milk this clock and you know go on into the bye. And so, but they yeah, I mean, they had some big plays. Now, granted, it was with Sam Bradford. You know, the first time against the Saints. But but in saying that, the Saints are probably a little bit different, too, uh, Mm -hmm. defensively. And so, but I I still, like, you know, I watched uh, the Saints um, last week, and it's just, I don't know. I think there's plays to be made against that defense. defense, I really do. I think it's good. It's not great. No, no. Jordan's a beast. Yeah, he's a great pass rusher. Jordan's really good. Uh, And What I'm most curious about, too, is pass game-wise, because you got to think that they're— they're going to go after Thielen because he had the first big game. Mm-hmm. Bradford and had, had the big game with him in game one. So the one thing there is I, I wonder for the Saints, though, that's going to come down to a pick-your-poison situation where, okay, you're going to shut down one, but then Diggs comes up and, and plays mm-hmm. well. So yeah. I think there's going to be I think there I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the Vikings to make plays. I think for the Saints, it's going to be a question of how many plays can Breeze almost create. Yeah, and well, go back to the Vikings' offense. I do think running the ball is going to be paramount for them. If they can run the ball and set up the play action for Case, they're just so much better when they do that. Um, and then also, if you're doing that, you're chewing up, and that's how Zimmer wants to win. That's you're what we've talked about. Clock, you're chewing up the clock. The defense is out there, and you're, you're limiting Breeze's opportunities. So um, I think they will work hard to get Latavius Murray going, get McKinnon going, because uh, then that sets up those play actions to Diggs and Thielen and you know, you're keeping Breeze over there watching you while exactly. you're doing it. Yeah, this is also, for anyone nationally who's unsure about the Vikings, there will be no ambiguity if they beat the Saints. How I think you, there's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, how could you be unsure about them by cause, now? Because if you were, I mean, unsure in terms of, all right, can Case Keenum yeah. beet a Drew Breeze? Well, or he's the wild card, right? Because mm-hmm. he hasn't. we haven't seen him in a playoff, so he is the wild card. Um, but I, I think people understand kind of the, the formula that this defense is going to keep you in the score low, and then you have to score yes. just enough. And this, let's come back and talk more about this. I think this defense has entered an exclusive club that uh, that bodes well down the stretch here. Chip Scoggins hanging out with us from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Stand aside, everyone. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And you can join 1500 ESPN out at Menards in Maple Grove this Friday. The 1500 ESPN promo team will be there between 4 and 6 with your chance to win plenty of good station prizes. More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. They're a very, very good defense all the way around, especially on third down, especially in the red zone. So we got our work cut out for us. 
it's new things going on out there. You know, they're, they're a different team. You know, uh, that was the first game in the season for us as well. You know what I'm saying? We're a different team as well. So uh, not really trying to replicate. I'm just trying to do my job, whatever it takes to get this get this W. So um, however it shakes out, you know, as long as we win, I don't care. Stefan Diggs and Drew Brees talking about the big game on Sunday. Ventline makes its return. And I have a feeling it's going to be festive win or lose on uh, Vikings Ventline. Superstar Mike Morris. So be sure to tune in right after the final whistle of that Vikings spirited. Yeah. It'll be spirited. Yes. It might not be festive, yeah. but it will be spirited. <laughs> It'll be all kinds of things. Uh, Chip Scoggins is hanging out with us from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. I think this Vikings defense, with its performance in the regular season, has entered an exclusive club the last couple decades of defenses that are good enough to carry a non-elite or non-top quarterback to the Super Bowl. I think they can win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's not a lot of teams in history that that you can say. I mean, you can hand you can hand select. You know, you can pick on one hand the non-top quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. And Case Keenum said a really good year, but he's not like Drew Brees yeah. and Tom Brady. But this defense is in that club. I I agree, but I also think it's dangerous to fall in that trap of just don't screw it up. Oh, for because sure. The defense will bail you out. I, I think it's they're great, and I think they'll hold teams down, but. Your offense has to function the way you have all year and not get, all right, let's get tight. Do you want to throw an interception? You know, just play it close. No, I don't think that's absolutely a, a good fly. And I'm not saying they would do that um, anyway just because they have a good defense. But, you know, you hear that, like, just don't screw it up because our defense will keep it. Right. And, but the worst thing you can do is throw a bad interception. Well, if you're playing in fear of making a mistake, then that's – you're, that's not a good way to go about it. I have um, complete faith in this defense. The only thing on Sunday, and, and you approached this before, Chipper, that you have to tell this offense that they need to do is possess the football. Mm-hmm. Like the, the one thing you can't have is three and out, three and out, three and out, and all of a sudden your defense starts playing a, lo- you know, a little and then a lot and then more. So, so this offense doesn't need to operate outside of, of the parameters that it has been. Mm-hmm. Keenum needs to be smart, but what it needs to do is be able to keep the defense and, like you said, breeze off the field because that's the one thing that if, if all of a sudden you're late third, early fourth, and your defense has been out there a ton – that's the one ask that might go too far. Yeah, and that's, you know, you may stop Breeze four times, but you keep giving him chances. Sure. He's eventually going to make plays. And guys wear down. And guys wear down, yeah. And so, um, but I, I think Shermer will have a good plan for them. I mean, they've had a couple weeks to prepare for it. Um, you know, and, and I think he's just sort of locked in and tune. It's, it's good that Rudolph is back healthy. Sounds like he, or healthier. I don't know if he's completely healthy, but it, he said yesterday he feels a lot better, so now you might get more out of him than than you did, um, you know, last couple games of the regular season where it sounds like he was not. He even said I was terrible. You know, he was like a terrible football player out there. So yeah. I think you can incorporate him back into the game plan a little bit more now. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chip, you covered you covered this guy. He yeah. announced his retirement. Yeah. yeah, you covered this guy right here. We're reasonably healthy. Uh, individuals can get healthier. I've got a handful of guys that'll be staying here and. Uh, trying to get healthiest um, <laughs> this week, whether they're going to sit in a deer stand or sit on the beach or uh, contemplate their navel, um, whatever it is that they care to do, they're free to do as long as they're back here on Monday. Um, uh, um, or, uh, um, and, um, um, you know, um, uh, um, um, and, 
Are you going to miss Chili? That's office. Are you going to miss Chili? You know what? Dealing with him as a beat writer, I thought um, there were times that were pretty fun because he would say just the goofiest things, you know, where he's telling Judd he's going to drink a, a vodka the size of his head after they win a playoff game. Or um, who was it that um, the player that left that popped off and the children's threatened to fight him at? Troy if, Williamson. Was it Troy? I'm he a said he's 50 pound. A, a um, rock him, sock him, yeah. steal. <laughs> that was Troy in Jacksonville. Yeah. Or who, uh, who couldn't stand Brad and Brad's like, yeah, I'll go fight him. Yeah. So he would, you know, he was so dry and so just kind of flatline. But then um, he would. Uh, <laughs> um, or, uh, uh. His he, choice of words sometimes oh, was were so outstanding. Yeah. What, what was that? Non programmatic fit? Or yeah. Was and what was the one? And what was the one that he loved to say about Tavares in the huddle about reciting the. Oh, it I was like very the first big. Day of, uh, of training camp. I, I've seen just an evolution. I've seen a growth in, in uh, Tavares. This oh, is a man. Good random sound. But he had, yeah. a, he had the one thing about Tavares. He liked to say that he could recite the, the something in the huddle. And we were like, what? And he, he had, you know, there, this isn't a college course, Brad. This is a football huddle. And then there was a player that was injured. I can't remember who it was. And he said, you know, he's kind of got a limp and he's, he was like an old singer. He's like, get him a cane and a top hat. And he's like whistling. He's, <laughs> oh, oh, no, he did that. That was, was at, a combine, right? That was EJ Henderson at, he was talking about EJ, I think, at the combine. And then he, so then he brought up Bat, the, Bat, Bat Masterson, Masterson, the old Bat TV Masterson? show. And if you go on YouTube, fighter? yes. And if you go on YouTube to this day, I think it's still there. He starts whistling the theme song does, yeah. at the press conference at the combine. <laughs> Because, okay, Chip and I have had for like 10 years, Chip and I have had this inside joke, and I couldn't remember where it stemmed from, but it was I knew it was Brad Childress. Yeah. Started whistling or something at a press yeah. conference. Wait, no, so every time go. Chip and I would see each other, we'd just start... <laughs> like, just, that was that's it. what he would do. You know, you. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. He's a character, So, so you, Yeah, I, you know, there are things I don't miss, but, uh, you know, I, I think he was, by and large, kind of fun to cover. Oh yeah, because of the just the he was a character. Yeah, he was a character for sure. Yeah, he um he brought in. There was one year he did this a couple of years, but where it was, I think it was the first time that he did this in like 2008 before the 08 season. So he had been there for two years, and he brought I don't know 30 media members, and you guys were there, and there were some TV guys, and and so he had us. We got to see the war room, Rick Spielman's war room, yeah. where all the names on the board, and then we went into this room, and Brad Childress showed some film of some players, and then showed. Um, it was like like a scene of Buffalo, wild Buffalo, <laughs> yes. hurting together against two or three. It was like two or three lions about to attack a <laughs> buffalo. But then like the herd of buffalo comes to rescue, and it was this metaphor for having your teammates' backs. <laughs> but by the end of it, everyone's like, is this like your <laughs> motivational speech before a game? I'm not sure here? this is going to work. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what does this mean? And can you imagine players with oh, that? Oh, my gosh. Like showing can like you imagine Pat, Pat Williams? Yeah. What the, what the <laughs> is this? Uh, I'm sure they had a field day with some of that stuff. Yeah. he's. Um, do, do you, okay, in retrospect, do you think people have been too hard on him based on the way things ended and based on his quirky, dry personality? Because he did win a division with T-Jack and Gus Farratt. As quarterbacks, and yeah. when all the pieces pieces were in place, they went to the NFC Championship game, shot themselves in the foot, yeah. partly because of his 12, leadership. Yeah, twelve minutes. Sure. Yeah, um, you know, I think he was a, a probably a better coach than people gave him credit for, but I also think that there was, you know, obviously flaws in terms of how he dealt with players yeah. and and just the relationships he had with them, and it's just hard to, 
survive in this league if you, you know, have some kind of the rigidness that he I was, shows with players. I was not surprised that he didn't get another chance. That's yeah. the one thing that didn't surprise me. There was enough that transpired here, and there was enough sort of weird stuff yeah. where I think you probably said to yourself, but to Children's credit, at his initial press conference in 2006, he, he said, I'm, I'm going to get one, I'll get one chance at this job, and I'll do, do it my way. Unfortunately yeah. for Brad, at times it was sort of interesting. Yeah, here, right, here's my more, way was interesting. more random chili sound bites from our archives. Still goes back to taking care of the football. You can't throw it to them. you got to play within the confines of our system. Sometimes it's okay to punt the football. Um, and. You know, you can't give seven points going the other way. He's talking about Favre there. Ripping yeah. Favre. Yeah. Got to play in my system. That worked out really well. The the night in Carolina is still the oh best, my goodness. The yeah, best of all time. Yeah, where Favre announces he was about to be pulled. and He is about to bench me. What? <laughs> That's great, though. He talks all the way around the, the block on most subjects. I've talked to him before about deer hunting, which I don't know anything about. And, you know, hunting with a, a, a rifle, then a bow, and then before you know it, um, Deer meat, and then by the end of the conversation, he's a vegan. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's Brett. Um, uh, um, or uh, um. in in two thousand. That is Brett too, right? In, in two thousand nine, do, when, do I still eat meat? No. When they when they started to have to monitor the Favre press conferences oh, to goodness. see the injury information that Brett would tell us. So that they could take it back to, to yeah. the team then and be, be like, okay, he just revealed three more guys. <laughs> Phil's playing with a dislocated yeah. shoulder. He is? <laughs> yeah. He's I'm, wor- I'm worried about John Sullivan and that ankle's not going to hold up. What? Artist Hicks has pancreatic cancer. <laughs> they're, they're not even seen him around the facility in a while. <laughs> they're not even on the injury report. That's unbelievable. Uh, going to miss Brad Children. Yeah. Going to miss him. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see him just like pop up randomly on NFL Network or something. Just super dry. Breaking down games. It'd be uh, interesting to see how that went over, but I will say this: he's a great storyteller. Me and Judd had a couple practices with him sometimes, and uh, he could tell stories. I mean, he would. Sit oh there yeah, for, I mean, he had some off the record stories, stories yeah. were fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and then he then he blocked Judd's number after he got fired. <laughs> no, he just called me delusional. <laughs> uh, I was delusional. So do our emailers. That's funny. Yeah. All right, Chip. We'll see you later. All right, boys. Bye, we'll see you Sunday. Start me and start Lou Nanny will join us when we come back. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.